The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friends. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I am I'm very happy you're here. I need your help, help today. I, that's that's so desperate. I've extended the word to help. I need your help today. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. That's the phone number. Join the conversation. Uh, I I need the I need the testudo move to happen today i need all the shields to come together and uh help me out it's a tuesday tuesday i was born on a tuesday a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and uh a tuesday afternoon in a raging thunderstorm in chicago the lights went out in fact the lights at the hospital even went out in fact to this day my mother and father, well, they, they can't do it anymore, but they used to tell me they don't know if they got the right kid. My dad was on the golf course when I was born. It's a different story. It's another therapy session. But anyway, Tuesdays are hard days for me. That's the day I showed up in this world on a Tuesday at 2.38 in the afternoon. And it was on that rainy Chicago afternoon that I showed up. So they, they always say the day you were born, the day of the week you were born, is a day that is biorhythmically difficult for you. Hence, uh, my, my issue with Tuesdays continues, as today is becoming very difficult. We were supposed to have Congressman Loudermilk join us today. He was at the softball game last week. He's the guy who's done some amazing things. And uh, he's got he's got some interesting legislation he's he's promoting. And I wanted to talk to him about it. His travel schedule changed. And early this morning, he said, not going to be able to make it. Let's do it tomorrow. So I expect him to be there tomorrow, which would be great. So I'm, I'm hoping that happens. We were also supposed to be joined this morning. Like right now, actually, we were going to record it in the morning at 11 o'clock Eastern and play it. We were supposed to be joined right now by Karen Handel from the 6th District in Georgia. But literally minutes, a handful of minutes before that interview was supposed to happen, Handel's people called and said, uh, they didn't call, they just wrote and said, uh, we were just about to write you, this is not going to be able to happen today. You're kidding me, right? We danced all day yesterday, Karen Handel, right? Ten minutes of your time you couldn't spare? Well, what about tomorrow, they said. What about, what about Wednesday? Can we talk Wednesday? Well, yeah, sure we could talk Wednesday. But Wednesday, Karen Handel, is either going to be an afterthought or a new congressperson? Do I want to talk to a member of Congress? Sure, always. Especially someone who is involved in a historic race that will, will go down in history as the most expensive congressional race ever. I would love to talk to that person, but we don't know if that's going to happen. The polls are very close. In some polls, she's actually behind John Ossoff. 
So, um, you know, I don't want to be Charlie Brown running to kick the football and have Lucy pull it out again. So I, I didn't say, yeah, sure, thanks. I just said, uh, you know, I really, I really don't think this is uh, the way you, you deal with the press. We don't play that game. You can't find 10 minutes as you're driving from whatever polling station to the next to give us a call. I hope the GOP keeps keeps the uh, the seat. Either way, this is an outlier in terms of elections. You, I don't think there's any way, shape, or form you can consider that anything that happens in the sixth district in Georgia is going to be an indicator for 2018. No, all it's going to say is somebody spent a buttload of money and got elected. Whoever gets elected, you can say that. This person spent a buttload of money and got elected. This person spent a buttload of money and got elected. And all I wonder, if I'm one of those people in that district, on either side of the aisle, all I'm wondering is, what could that 40 to $60 million have done in terms of good in the 6th district? What could that, could a million dollars of that have funded a, an entrepreneur to do a startup business based in the district and hire some people? Imagine if, imagine if, uh, if you gave a million dollars to 50 entrepreneurs in the 6th district of Georgia and they created businesses, chances are, Half of them are going to be out of business in the first or second year. But those are jobs you would have created in your district. Those might have led to new ideas that would spark other ideas that would then cascade down into the district. Those jobs would then fund purchases of homes. Those would be taxpayers who would then help the tax base for the education system. Instead, the money went into TV and radio stations and to some print ads for signs. So, again, my argument for major campaign finance reform surfaces. The sixth, look no further than the 6th District of Georgia to see why I, I think we are missing the boat big time. And maybe that's the issue that'll draw left and right together. The insane amount of money spent on a single district. And most of that money, I think the more than the lion's share, the overwhelming, what is it, over 90% of it came from outside of the district? Maybe it's 95% came from outside of the district with 90% coming from outside of the state. And this is not a, an isolated case. Look at Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House, Congressman from Wisconsin. Where do you think most of his campaign funding comes from? Not from Wisconsin. A lot of it comes from D.C. because there's a lot of lobbyists in D.C. who want to make sure Paul Ryan gets elected and stays Speaker of the House. You see, it's a sickness. It really is a sickness. And we need to address it. But uh, we, we here at Pure Opelka today are the casualty 
of the craziness in the race in Georgia today. And we'll know in a few hours, all this will be over in a few hours, I guess. We'll know, does Georgia have an Ossoff in, in Congress or do we have a handle? Ossoff or handle? I don't know about you, but on days like this when you're frustrated, on days like this when your plans seem to be sliding off into the abyss only to be chomped on by the anglerfish, Look it up. Just look up. See the anglerfish. You'll, you'll realize the terror we're dealing with. Your plants are chomped on by the anglerfish deep, deep, deep in the abyss. You want to say the word Ossoff over and over again. You want to call people who cut you off in traffic and an Ossoff. What are you, an Ossoff? Okay, I'm, I'm venting a little bit. Okay, a lot. There are a lot of things that just irritate me today, so uh, I need you to help. I want you to discuss whatever you want to discuss today. I have some questions for all of you. If you believe campaign finance reform is an important issue, yeah, weigh in. Or if you think, if you think it's not, if you think we should just let it go, weigh in. But it certainly seems to me that money Money can change an election. And there's, I brought this up to friends of mine who say, you know, friends who are big supporters of Donald Trump. They say, well, a billion dollars didn't get Hillary elected. Thank God. And I said, okay, fair point. But look at how many times money is now really the reason an election goes one way or another. Shouldn't it be about the candidate Shouldn't the candidate be telling us about their beliefs and about their principles and about what their plans are going to be instead of telling us who they're affiliated with, whether it's a, a political action committee, whether it's a, a wealthy donor, whether it's a party that has connections to political action committees and very wealthy donors? What, shouldn't we be talking about the person, not the party? The election in Georgia is about the party. I certainly don't think it's about the person. I don't know much about John Ossoff other than he's he's married to, a, or not married, he's dating a woman who's going to be a doctor and she lives outside of the district. So he lives outside of the district because he wanted to be there to support her during her medical school. We all know people who've been through medical school. You know what they need in terms of support? Space so they can study and sleep when they get time. You could have been in your district meeting the people of the district. And Karen Handel, she does seem like a lifelong politician, doesn't she? I really wanted to get her on the phone today and, and ask some questions about what she supports and believes. I, I know she, she was, um, what is it, VP of Public Policy for a Planned Parenthood group? No, no, not Planned Parenthood. I'm sorry. For uh, a breast cancer, the Susan G. Komen Foundation in Georgia. And she was a person who stood up for pro-life causes by saying we shouldn't be funding Planned Parenthood. I know a little bit about her. I know she wanted to run for governor, and that didn't work. So I was looking forward to talking to Susan Handel right here, right now. Not happening. 
We will talk about some other things I've noticed, and there's crazy news in the world today. And we're going to speak with a, we are scheduled, I shouldn't say we are going to speak. We are scheduled to speak with a man who just returned from North Korea. In about an hour, we're going to talk to a guy who was in North Korea and was sending pictures home. And you all know that when you send pictures home from North Korea, they've been screened. In other words, you are constantly monitored when you're on the road in North Korea. There's always a member of the government with you. So every photo he sent home was pre-screened. So I'll I'll, um, hopefully get him on. I wanted to talk with this gentleman because, A, he just came back from North Korea and he would have a unique perspective on what that very closed, closed empire is all about especially in the wake of the tragic death of Otto Warmbier. So we'll get into all that today. And uh, guess what? There's supposed to be a White House briefing on camera, and uh, the reporters are going to be allowed to be in there, not just with their pens and pencils, but cameras and microphones. So we're actually going to see Spicy Spicer handling the, the press today. Maybe there'll be something interesting to come out of it. Yesterday, the closed-door press briefing with with no discussion allowed, at least uh, no recording of the discussion, just pen and paper. And there were hints that we'd be able to get uh, the news on the tapes, which is still an interesting question. Uh, I have a vital question of the day developing. You'll get that. And uh, we'll try and get this thing back on the rails, but uh, the... The phone number is 888 900 to Kate, who wrote and wants to know the golf course story about what my dad was doing on the golf course the day I was born. Maybe we'll get to that. There's, there's plenty more interesting things in the news today than that. Michael Pelka on Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. I know what you're thinking. Mike's angry. Mike's angry. And um, perhaps a little. But perhaps I I woke up in the middle of the night or or not the, quite the middle of the night, but the time I usually get up just, just a few minutes before my alarm goes off at 4 a.m. in the East Coast. And uh, my back was bugging me. And, and I thought, uh-oh. That's not good. I got pain in my back and it it was hurting. And then I remembered I had moved an air conditioner yesterday. An 80-pound air conditioner had to be moved and remounted. And I did it by my own self. 
and my back was screaming and I haven't taken uh, any any pain medication at all since I started taking Relief Factor, the all-natural anti-inflammatory. It's, it's a great product, and I thought, you know what? I didn't even think about that. I should have taken a little extra Relief Factor last night before I went to bed, so I, I ran downstairs as I was getting ready to do my prep in the morning, and I snagged an early Relief Factor. I had a breakfast, because I usually take it breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I took it. All natural relief factor. I can tell you, I have not taken an Advil, uh, uh, anything, a leave, an aspirin, any over-the-counter pain med, or, or any kind of prescription medication in almost 16 weeks. And guess what? The pain from my overexertion of the back is gone. The inflammation is down. The relief factor is doing its job. You you have the problems. You have aches and pains in your neck, back, hips, uh, whatever, your knees. Try what worked for me. Get the three-week quick start pack for $19.95. Call them. Here's the number. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Relief factor. It works for me. It works for... Brad Staggs, it works for Doc Thompson, thousands of others. Go to relieffactor.com and check it out. Relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384. Ah, it's going to be a busy day. And I wonder, uh, do you think uh, Sean Spicer's really out? As we're hearing the, the rumors now that Spicer's getting, an air quotes here, promoted? He's going to be moved up the food chain, and if so, who is it? I tend to think it's going to be Laura Ingram. I do. I do. I think Laura Ingram is the one who initially said she wasn't interested in it, but I think, uh, I think she's going to make it. We'll see. If we get an announcement on the tapes today, we'll see. We'll find out. There's an interesting story just passed around the inside of the blaze that I, I'm, I'm thinking about Bravo Sierra on this one. A guy named Jerry Lynn out of uh, the Pittsburgh area called a radio station and told the radio station that um, he dropped a battery-powered alarm clock into a vent in 2004, and it's been going off every day for the past 13 years. He told the radio station... He lost the clock inside the wall while using it as a tool during some home improvement project he was doing. He, he apparently claims that he tied a string around the clock, lowered it through a vent, hoping to use the sound of its beeping to tell him where to drill the hole in the wall. It kind of, kind of sounds like something I would try to do. sounds like something most of uh, us guys would think, hey, here's a good idea. Let's, let's lower a beeping alarm clock. It went thunk, and it's been in the wall, apparently, 13 years, they're saying. And it still goes off, they claim, at 6.50 in the evening every night. Now, for me, that would be a good 10-minute warning before Jeopardy comes on. I also, here's why I don't believe the story. I would love to find out from Mr. Lynn and his wife, Sylvia. I would love to witness it for myself. When's the last time you had a battery that lasted for 13 years? 
I'm sorry, Jerry Lynn. The name's too generic for me, too. Jerry Lynn. I don't know if I'm believing this one. I might be throwing the Bravo Sierra flag on this. Come on back after the break. We'll have some fun. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Do you ever get the feeling that uh, a lot of the broadcasting that's coming out of the news channels is just noise? That maybe we should call them noise channels instead of news channels? That maybe they're just filling time till the next disaster or tragedy strikes? Do you ever get that feeling? Because watching the massive panels and the roundtables and the endless blathering on most of these news channels trying to talk about right now, it's the whataboutery factor. Whataboutery. And I, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. This is in reference to health care. Last night we had the Senate and those, those brave Democrats in the Senate actually stayed up till midnight on a school night and they talked until midnight. And I know what you're thinking. They probably had one guy who was just really strong or one woman, one person who was really strong and could stand up and talk the whole time and do what they call filibustering. No, they couldn't even do that. These weasels, these wimps, these weenies, stood up there last night and they held the Senate. Yes, they did. They held the floor of the Senate till midnight. Wow. They are incredible specimens of humanity able to do that. To stand up there and say horrible things about the other side. And to say that the other side was hiding something that was so shameful because it was going to kill millions of people. It was going to be essentially the healthcare holocaust. It's, it's amazing to me that, that we could have then the coverage of that same non-event go nonstop on CNN and they point out the obvious thing to all of us. I woke up this morning and I felt like I was really, truly, honestly living in an Orwellian world where Oceana had become Eurasia and the Ministry of Information was actually telling me that two plus two did equal five and I better get the same answer. And I was reading about C-SPAN demanding, demanding that one party open up their secret health reform talks. Really, I, I was, I was remembering, remembering the day that um, an institution in Washington whose integrity is rarely in question, as a matter of fact, pretty much never in question. We're talking about C-SPAN. C-SPAN, which when they have call-in shows, 
They have a Democratic line, they have a Republican line, and they have an independent line. And you get to dial the number to get into the line that matches your political leanings. C-SPAN actually freaked out and said these secret government meetings about health care and health reform have to stop. We have to get the doors open. C-SPAN demanding that. Of Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid. Yeah, this was way back in the day, in December of, of 2009, when Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid basically locked out the GOP in the creation of the Obamacare bill. You know, we wanted to follow the bill. Voters wanted to follow the health care bill that ultimately became Obamacare. And they weren't, weren't allowed to. We weren't allowed to because the Democrats had unstoppable control of the House and the Senate, specifically the Senate, with their 60 votes. So they blocked the GOP. At one point, one of the things that, that the, the Democrats did... Instead of just blocking it, they actually, and they actually did this. You can track this down. They changed the locks on a committee hearing room. The House Oversight Committee informed the GOP in October of 2009 that they were changing the locks on the committee hearing room. See, the Republicans used to have their own keys. They'd go into that room. But the battle over health care and the battle over the discussion of uh, the countrywide VIP loan scandal had gotten to the point where the, the Democrats didn't want any involvement from the Republicans. So they changed the lock on a committee room. In order to get into the committee room, you had to go and get permission. This was 2009 and 2010 and, and the animus carried over all the way through the passage of Obamacare. Let's not kid ourselves. This went all the way through to the passage of Obamacare. So you had C-SPAN demanding that Democrats open up the secret health reform talks. You had Democrats locking out the GOP. You have to go get the key. And I always thought to myself as we watched people complaining about it. We watched Republicans complaining publicly saying, how dare the Democrats do this under cover of darkness? How dare the Democrats not permit the GOP to be involved in the creation of this, this titanic health care bill that covers one sixth of the American economy? Does that fraction sound familiar? Because you're sure hearing it a lot today. And oh, I heard it a lot last night in the temper tantrum that was the Democrats stomping till midnight. They finally wore themselves out and went to bed. But all of this happened before. We just had different jerseys. They just switched jerseys, switched uniforms. The whole thing has happened before, and we're the dupes. We're the ones who are the fools in this game. So I, I really want Obamacare removed and replaced. I want to get the health care situation fixed. 
but I didn't want the Republicans to go in and become Democrats. I didn't want the Republicans to exhibit the same bad behavior, the same lack of graciousness. And yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, if we let them into the committee meetings and let them into the study group helping to write the bill, nothing would ever get done. No, that's not what you do. You got to be smarter than that. You got to get Joe Manchin in a corner, get a couple of drinks in him, go, look, Joe, you're up for election in 2018. We can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. I'm No, I'm not advocating any kind of muscling in on Joe Manchin. All I'm saying is luck. If you had one Democrat in that meeting, one Democrat who was up for re-election in a state that's so reliably red that he needs, he needs to look like he's a bipartisan guy, you would have had the ability to say we're being bipartisan. But no, you're playing the same damn game, GOP. You're playing the same damn game. You just might as well come out and say, we're going to have to pass the bill to find out what's in it. It's an embarrassment. And anybody who says, well, the Democrats did it, well, guess what? It wasn't right then, and it's not right now. You disagree with me? You agree with me? Weigh in. 888-900-3393. I really think what they're going to do is so foolish because we're going to have this vote so we can make sure this all comes together before independence day can have a vote a week from thursday and then we'll hear on thursday well we're not quite sure so maybe we'll have the vote on friday or maybe we'll have to stay all weekend maybe we'll have to give up our fourth of july break it's just about foolishness And it's not about the job we sent them to Washington to do. And that is make our lives better. To get rid of this onerous health care system and replace it with something better. But you're not going to get it done if you set yourself up for this kind of a battle. The same thing that happened in 2009 and into 2010. It really is disturbing to me. And, uh, you know, I don't know where to turn because uh, they're doing what they want to do. It's not as if any of them are actually listening to us. I think the only chance we will have with this is in 2018. The only chance we'll get to fix this is at at the voting booth in 2018. My only fear is it's going to be too late. It certainly does look like we have a really bad case of what about what they did in 2009. I'm not going there. Taking a break. When we get back, I got a couple different places to go. I, there's a brand new board game out or, uh, that, that you might want to know about. I think it's kind of interesting. It's, uh, it's actually deals with fake news and real news and alternate facts. Huh. Maybe we'll get to that or one of the other distractions for a minute. Uh, Later in the show, we do have a gentleman who's just returned from North Korea. The Otto Warm Beer story is more than disturbing. And it's a this is a diplomatic tightrope we have to be on right now. Well, we might get into that. And um, I, I got an old piece of tape that I have to play, too, that's got some very interesting positions from Democrats. But 
this healthcare thing and the way it's being covered and the way it's being handled is so disturbing. So I know I've been in a little bit of a rant here, but I don't like waking up in George Orwell's 1984, and that's certainly where I feel I am. So I would love it if those on the conservative side of the aisle would act like it. Michael Pelka on Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. A lot to talk about yet today. Yeah, we're going to talk some more about out of warm beer and the uh, murder of an American by the North Korean government. And uh, hopefully get the perspective of somebody who was just in North Korea very recently. He happens to be a law enforcement professional. That's at the bottom of the next hour. And uh, it's been it's been a day that's irritated me. I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I tell you pretty much what's going on all the time. But it feels like a day it's out to work my last good nerve. And then in the break, I check the, the email because so many of you will write me letters and say, hey, uh, why? Why so angry today, Mike? <laughs> Come in off the ledge. But I just got this email and I'm. I, of course, it's not for me, uh, but I'll, I'll forward, I think I'll forward this on to Shamont, who's pushing the buttons in Dallas, uh, and, and maybe he'll have better use of this. Hi, dear. Hope that you are fine and having a wonderful day. Yeah, there's a question mark at the end of that sentence. These usually then ask for money to help somebody out of a country, but no. Uh, this continues. I am Nadia Abdul from America. Oh, no kidding. That Nadia Abdul from America. Born in 1981. I am a nurse by profession and I'm looking for friendship and a serious relationship that could lead to marriage. Well, there you go. Isn't that lovely? I like to know more about you and await your reply. I have attached my picture. I like you to get back to me as soon as you can, hoping to hear from you. Nadia, I am going to send this on to my co-worker, Shamont Lynch, who will take care of uh, the response on this. Uh, I'm not even going to push download on your pictures because I'm afraid there's some sort of virus. But I, I love the fact that she writes, I am Nadia Abdul from America. Yes. There you go, <laughs> Nadia Abdul. Uh, so in the midst of all the madness, uh, something good has come of this. Something interesting, something silly, something stupid has come out of this day. You know, um, a couple other topics I'm, I'm looking at here in today's pile of topics. The United States Navy destroyer that was hit, the Fitzgerald that was struck, by the Philippine ship. We're now reading that that ship had its transponder turned off and was not, was not uh, displaying any running lights. Was our ship rammed? Could this have been an aggressive act? 
Do we have great relationships with the Philippines? Isn't that where that guy Duterte is? Could something have been here other than an innocent collision? We were hit broadside. We were hit by a cargo ship five times the size of our ship with a bulbous bow that punctured underneath the water surface. There's more we don't know about that accident. And as we are burying the heroes who gave up their lives that that evening, we owe it to them and to their families to find out what the hell happened. I'm just saying. And we owe it to the members of Congress, especially those from states who lost someone, to follow up and let us know. We'll keep an eye on that one. And we'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.